Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is An Evening at the Movies. I am your overworked and underappreciated host, KSTV, and this is the podcast where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and discuss all of our favorite movies and why we love them. We have a very special guest with us on this episode of An Evening at the Movies, and we have a um, person who's going to be here very briefly to introduce our guest for the week. And then she's going to take off because she has no culture and doesn't like this movie. It's, I appreciate it as a good movie. It's just not my cup of tea. <laughs> so, okay. So if you guys couldn't tell from the voice in the background... Queenie is here, and Queenie is going to introduce our guest, and then she's going to go disappear into the night and go watch Halloween 1978 and Ghost Pop. Hey, Nightmare on Elm Street's on next. Oh, yeah. Don't you tease me like that. It, whatever. Yeah. All right. So, Amanda, who is joining us this week on An Evening at the Movies? We are joined by Harvandre. A.K.A. Harvey from Men of the Prize, Love is Black, Bracket Bastards, and who knows what else more. Mm -hmm. Hello, Harvandre. Harvandre. Thank <laughs> you for the introduction. I, you know, I've, I've met you guys, and I was just Harvey, and then I've become Harvandre, and I have Ooh, a whole new nickname. There you go. You hey, Davis, you yeah, you guys are lucky. I typically save that for the wife. But because I like you guys, I'll let you record that on Zoom. So hooray well, for that. <laughs> but yeah, yes, right. like like our illustrious uh, co-host said, yes, I'm RVI. Host Men of the Prize, the podcast, the space for men to be open. And Love is Black, the space for black couples to talk about love. And Bracket Bastards, the space for us to talk about everything else. And be bad. It is and be and be bastardly about it dare i say um uh, and i just love it give me an excuse to talk about music movies and whatever else and i'm having a blast so thanks for the invite and we're absolutely. talking about one of my favorite movies oh i'm excited about this one. Oh, love so it. this actually is technically harvey's second time on an evening at the movies with us his first time he and dre were here and we discussed the greatest Stephen King movies of all time. And we're not right. going to talk about the result of that because I'm still bitter. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, well, no, but this will be Harvey's first traditional episode of uh, yeah. movies. So 
Well, I look forward to listening. Um, I am not going to participate. Again, I appreciate this movie for the greatness that it is, but there are just some parts that are so disturbing and and not in a way where I'm like, okay, I can still watch that. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just not my thing. And, and you know, I think I that statement to mean what you think it means because it probably is correct. Yeah. Amanda and I have already had this discussion about what she's talking about and yeah and it's not about the possession stuff I mean I love the conjuring and it's not it I mean although it is pretty bad but you know there's just some parts where I don't want to and anyway one in particular one in particular you guys have fun I look forward to listening um and yeah enjoy I'll talk to you guys later in the group chat have a good night and enjoy your 78 because that's the only good movie in that franchise now shut your effing mouth right now no that's not true okay so the power of Havandre compels you <laughs> the power of Havandre compels you I mean, old Havandre <laughs> that is classic have a good night we'll talk to you later all right bye guys good night peace out hair grease bye <laughs> there you go so Yes, we are here to discuss one of the greatest, if not the greatest, horror movie of all time. Some people will have dissenting opinions on its greatness, and that is fine. I am okay with that. But realistically, this is truthfully one of the greatest horror movies of all time. And we are here to discuss the 1973 horror classic, The Exorcist. Oh, oh, it sends chills oh. down your spine. It does. It makes me happy just thinking about it. Such a great movie. I think what's hilarious about it is that they had the nerve to release this movie the day after Christmas. I mean, I know you did. Look, did you see that? December yeah, no, because that was 73. One of my first things I looked it up and the release date, December 26, 197. I'm like, Seriously, the day that is after Christmas. Awesome. That is awesome. Can you like, that? that is not a big fat kick in the dick to the Catholic Church at all. Oh my. <laughs> we celebrate Jesus and then we celebrate maybe oh so, oh my god. It's it, it's so I I I'm born in 74, so I'm born in October of 74. So I was I was just a twinkle in my father's eye before this film was to be released. Um, before this, before I was born, the movie was out and all that. Well, and technically, by the way it was released, though, that movie may not have even gotten to your hometown by the time you were born. Because but, I mean, it was released in New York, right? It was. You were, you were born in New York? Oh, Manhattan. I'm sure oh. I was down the street. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure. But, yeah, I think Warner Brothers only released the movie in, like, 26 theaters nationwide right so mm -hmm. i mean even by that standard do the math if you go one per state that's still 24 states that did not get yeah. the exercise and well probably less than that because washington dc did get it too and we'll get to the whole dc thing because there was a couple of bits of information i found out about washington dc in 1974 that pertain to this movie. Interesting enough. Yes. Sir. Um, so we had a brief discussion earlier about um, a number that I found that 
So in comparison, um, this movie had a $12 million budget, which probably for 72, 73 is probably a pretty big budget for most movies. Um, But then some of the information I found said it had a $441.3 million box office, which... And I'm not trying to crap on or poo-poo that number and the greatness of this movie, but in 1970, well, obviously it released in after Christmas, so 73 isn't really a factor. So you factor in 1974, that's an awful lot of freaking people that saw that movie for the limited number of theaters that it released in. That's a lot. I... I think I remember seeing at some point it was re-released and it, I think what they titled it, it was like the version you never saw or something. So I'm assuming they're accounting for that too. Yeah. Um, that, right. Well, that's kind of sort of what I found because digging deeper, I found that ni- in 1974, it made $66.3 million on a $12 million budget, which is a pretty good profit margin. Damn right. So um, they said that would translate to more than likely with inflation about $276 million in today's dollars, which that's a success. I mean, it's not Marvel numbers. It's not stuff like that. But um, another fact to go along with that, though, the highest grossing horror movie of all time until it was unseated in September of 2017 by Stephen King's It yep. was The Exorcist. So I think with all the re-releases throughout time and international box office numbers and all of that, ultimately what the grand scale of the course of time and everything amounts to about a $1.8 billion box office monster for a movie a horror movie like that that not only is just horror but it's that it's 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 not it's the horror that you can really get people to complain about it's not easy it's it's i don't know to me it's almost comparative to like dogma when dogma came out it's a religious film and you're talking about all this religion and people hate it people who hadn't even seen it hated it this one, you knew what they were talking about. It's about possession and all that. To me, this movie has all the stuff that I love that people hate. It's got religion. I'm an atheist. Yeah. It's got creepy kids. I love them. It's in DC, and yet they don't. It, you don't even pick up anything about any politics other than the fact that she gets an invite to the White House. Like that's the one part, the one little thing that they mentioned about politics in there. Yeah. Other than that, there's nothing else. It's just. It's creepy, it's religion, it's kids, and it's pretty much a bunch of no non no stars in that movie because no stars wanted to do it, well, which no, I think is really interesting too. On that note, I actually have a fun fact about how different this movie very much could have been mm. with just a couple of different choices. Let me find my screenshot really quick. Um, well, for one, Linda Blair was not the first choice to play Reagan. 
go figure. The first choice to play Reagan was a child from a little movie named Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory who played Virat Bogard. Really? Yeah. That wouldn't have worked. No. No, no, no. No. Nope. no. I don't think any of these choices that I'm about ready to give you would have been valid by any stretch of the imagination. Um Okay, for one, um, father, yeah, Max von Sydow's character. Right. Yeah, I don't remember the names either. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> we're not that young, guys, so please forgive yeah. our airheadedness. But um, <laughs> Max von Sydow's character originally mm -hmm. was supposed to be played by Vito Corleone himself. Marlon Brando. No way. He didn't Brando would have never done that movie. That but that would have been amazing. Supposedly Brando? Supposedly what? it was offered to him. And William. I'm probably gonna butcher his last name because I don't know if it's Freed or Friedkin. Either way, the director of the movie pulled rank and said, Oh hell no, I am not dealing with that attitude and that ego. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you're going to give him that part, I am out the door. And okay. they opted to keep Friedkin and send Brando down the door and hire Max von Sydow. I had one for the mom, too, and... Oh, Max von Sydow uh -huh. was 44 years old at the time of shooting that movie. Oh, my God. They aged him so much. Interesting. I know. I literally, I, I've watched the movie a couple of times over the last few days to make sure I had a lot of my stuff down and my memories reactivated. And I was sitting at work today looking up notes and fun facts and stuff like that. And then. Just one popped up. Max von Sydow was only 44 at the time of shooting The Exorcist. I'm like, dude, he looks like he's 74, not 44. Exactly. Wow. I was older than him when he was, I'm older than him now when he was recording it. And he looked like he was in his 70s. He played it perfectly. Every time he took that pill and he's sitting there kind of shaking a little, that's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah hats off to the wonderment of makeup and effects like that because you have to have talent to be able to age somebody that young and make them look that old that's interesting that's interesting. I'm, I'm not finding the one on her mom oh father Marin. okay that was max one side character's name okay. I had to laugh, though, when I saw this one. During the first day of filming, Max von Sydow actually forgot his lines because he found Linda Blair's crude dialogue so unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's what's so amazing is that's it, the kid. What you did, what they took with the child and just what's coming out of her mouth is, oh, it's hilarious and believable. Because even like the first time I saw the movie, I was like, I, I was probably nine or ten at the time, 
Mm-hmm. Like, I have never heard, and we cursed a lot when we were kids. Okay. But some of the shit that came out of her mouth, oh my God. It wouldn't even fly now. You wouldn't, I, I could you, I mean, I'm sure you could, I mean, kids curse and stuff. Any Adam Sandler movie, kids are going to curse, whatever. But it wasn't just cursing. It was like crude. It was extra. You can say shit and F and all that. But when you combine them and then you put context to them. Oh, yeah. It's because it's, that's words that she spit out of her mouth. I mean, Linda Blair was 12 years old at the time. And I mean, she's dropping C words. Uh, several times. Several mm-hmm. times. Yeah. A handful of times she dropped the F word. And I'm not talking about the one that rhymes with truck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, those are words that. I never at 12 years old would have ever thought let come out of my mouth. I mean, and she's not consciously making the decision. I'm going to go say these words. I mean, it's all right. on paper and she's given a script and hired to do a job and right. read my words, damn it, or lose your damn money. Right, 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 right. But still, I mean, this movie got a lot of flack from the Motion Pictures Association for the content in it. I know um, Warner Brothers got a lot of hate over the content. Um, The MPAA, Motion Picture Association of America, got hate from the religious zealots for giving this movie an R rating and not an X rating. Mm -hmm. They felt it deserved to be rated X, and their excuse was, well, there's nothing overtly sexually graphic or anything of that. Well, yeah, there is one, but that right. the reason not, why yeah. Amanda's not here. But that's, oh, that's the thing she has a problem with? That's that part? The Yeah, the crucifix scene. Okay, understood. Which, I'm not going to lie, that mm-hmm. is kind of unsettling and not something you see every day oh yeah like the first time (laughs) i I think the first time you see that particular scene it's not something i'd be comfortable seeing an adult female do to then have a a young adolescent female doing it's like wow yeah and no matter how many times i see it it's still a bit it's like wow and i think that's the point well yeah it's it's not I remember when I first saw the movie as a kid, I, w- I was educated enough to know what she was doing with it. Mm-hmm. So that was incredibly. Yeah. Like what? But, you know, even like watching the movie today at work while I was doing notes, it's like, it's not as unsettling as it was, you know, 30 some odd years ago, but it's still, incredibly that just goes to how off-putting it was 30 years ago right and it's still one of those moments where it's like i know it's coming i know it's coming i know Mm -hmm. and then you still you hear it even though your eyes are covered and it's like okay it's over i can watch now (laughs) do you remember how old you were when you first saw it i uh, i think i was somewhere in that nine ten year old window mm-hmm. I, I think i yeah. i think i was seven or eight when i saw it 
And like, I don't know, I don't know where the hell my parents were, how that happened. I don't know, but I, I think like it to, just went. I like to believe that um, my mother was very liberal in what she allowed us to watch, but I know good and hell well, she's not listening to an evening at the movies. So I am very comfortable in saying, and she probably knew what we were doing as kids, but there was a lot of Friday and Saturday nights where after, you know, she and dad went to bed, we got up at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night and turned on HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, whatever, and watch whatever in the hell we wanted to watch. And like I said, I know she probably knew what was going on, but it's the whole idea of we're being secret agents and we're doing a covert operation and you got the, you know, the TV on and the volume turned way, way down. You have to sit right. on top of the TV so you can hear the one of the big console TVs that weighs like 250 freaking pounds. Huh? To mm-hmm. be a child in the 80s. Oh, it's a whole different podcast right there. That's because that's my life. That's the happiest times I could say. I was, yeah, I think I was definitely in that same age. And for me, the music creeped me out a little bit which is just a testament to really good scoring for a film. So the music did it for me. I will. I am comfortable enough to say, and I will go out on a limb and say, that um, the theme song from The Exorcist and the theme song from Halloween are probably, I'll pigeonhole them into the horror category, mm-hmm. that they are probably the two greatest horror theme songs of all time. Easily, and you don't definitely you hear it. Yeah. Definitely, you hear it, you know exactly in all where it comes from. You know exactly yeah. where that music, that piano, or whatever. You're like, uh huh. Looking for somebody to come get you. You know exactly what's coming. Yeah, because even like, I it's probably been four years, five years, something like that since I'd seen it before we scheduled to do this episode, and mm-hmm. I turned the movie on the first time. Like I said, like three four years whatever and you get that opening scene in um iraq and then you know fast forward to the yeah her mom shooting the scene for the movie at the at georgetown right and she gets done and wraps for the day and she comes walking off the set and she tells her driver i'm gonna go home i'm gonna walk home no mm-hmm. worries about me. And she takes off, starts walking home. And then all of a sudden, you get the freaking Exorcist theme song playing in the background. And it's like, oh, yeah, like nothing's going on. But just that theme song is just like goosebumps all over the freaking arm, chills up and down the spine. And then you don't it's even really hear it again until the end, right before they wrap the credits or start. The right. Credits. There's a good, I feel like 10 minutes before anything even really starts happening. And what I love about this film is that they make a point to really, they spend a lot of time on showing her as a child. They really make a point to make her seem like she's just a little girl. So all all this stuff. And then, and it's obviously on purpose. It's by design. She's a little girl. Oh, can I get this horse, mommy, please? Blah, 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 all this. Yeah. And you're setting this up which makes everything that happens afterward even more ridiculous. Like this little girl 
And then, she, and then what comes out of her mouth, the craziness. Yeah. No. It's, it's so well done. Even half the stuff that came out of my mouth and ever come out of, that came out of her mouth, came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Cross the eyes. Yeah. I don't know. If I said that stuff, I'd just walk over just to kind of position myself to get hit. Like, I mean, I'm saying this stuff. I should go ahead. Yeah. Right here, right across the, you know, just. Yeah. No. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Off the point, have you seen Repossessed? I have not. (laughs) I know it's one of those that I've had a couple of different people ask me about it. And Mm. I'd be like, I haven't yet. And they're like, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. I'm like, okay, I need to get through some of this freaking to watch list for the podcast. But I'm getting to that point now where I feel comfortable enough to, if I have a listener ask for something I haven't seen, that I'm comfortable enough to let them know, hey, I do have some other stuff that needs to get listened to, and right. or not listened to, but watched. Mm-hmm. And I, I will get to it when I can. Okay. But some of this other stuff that's been hanging around a little bit longer, I can't put off anymore. And that is... One of them that's a fairly close to the top of the list that I need to get to. <laughs> when you eventually watch Repossessed, we have to do an episode because I will talk about that. We're talking about the original to then have the to talk about the slapstick version of it. We'll uh-huh. definitely do. It's so funny. It is so funny. Leslie Nielsen is brilliant. It's so good. We no grew up in the same era, and Leslie Nielsen is the shit he is <coughs> and to get linda blair doing it too because she's in it too and it's hilarious so she's just playing a part and it's so much fun it's so much fun so before we venture too far down the road um yeah going back to a topic that you were talking about before we brought up repossessed um with the ow that was my freaking arm um the yeah, Linda Blair and being twelve years old and being possessed and all that. Um, a topic that I saw online post well, it posed a question and um, I thought it was kind of relevant, so I thought I'd ask you and see what you thought. Uh, why do you feel the demon chose to possess Reagan, a twelve-year-old girl? A really good question. Um... Hmm. Hmm. I guess my first question is, I don't know much about possession. Yeah, I don't. So, just so my movies and whatnot. Yeah. So my first question, my response to that question is another one: Did the demon choose to possess her, or was that the closest body? I mean, in the end, it's the reason. It's because of the, you know, obviously the relic that's what that's it, it the relic that's found is it in, I, I yeah the relic leads to her. So that's what that is. I I guess it's maybe it's because she was the easiest one to take. As a child, she probably isn't gonna put as much as a fight as an adult would. So maybe that's why she took the child. That was my initial feeling was um and no offense to one children and two 
females, but um, 12 year old little girls probably would be a lot easier of a target for the almighty Lord of Darkness to, mm -hmm. like you said, wouldn't be able, wouldn't put up much of a fight. Right. So that would probably make their job, you know, that much easier. I could see that. I could see that. It's a child. She's young. She's easily, obviously, very impressionable. Mm -hmm. um, kids are maturing around that time. The only thing, I guess the only response is like, I mean, girls mature faster than boys, so you got to catch the girl maybe earlier before a boy, you know, to yeah. catch her before she starts maturing. Maybe that's a thing. Or it's just a matter of that's what the story needed. It was just a 12-year-old girl, then it is what it is. And that does not, that just happened to work out that way. Because that's the other thing I found too online was evidently this movie was based off, well, the, the movie was based off a book and the book was based off of a real life story. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Where it was a 12 year old boy that in turn had been possessed. So obviously, whatever the entity was that created this whole environment was not a sexist lord of darkness right so well truthfully it's the jokes a lot of the not even jokes a lot of the dialogue a lot of the commentary a lot of the stuff that can be really considered just objectionable works because she's a girl yeah. a lot of the stuff that she does works because she's female a lot of the whole truth be told amanda would be on here with us if it was a boy because the boy's not doing that no. Or if he is, then it's even worse because he's doing it somewhere else. And that's a whole different. If, okay, yeah. If it's a boy doing that part, I'm not going to be on this episode. Amanda can run that this episode. I'm not talking about that either. It's just Amanda talking by herself. So that I feel like that's what it is. And I think what it is is because there's a there's this specter of purity when we when we look at our women, at our girls. And to Especially take, and they made age. a point. That's what it is. She's pure. She's 12, untouched, pretty girl growing up. You need that. You need the duplicity of super pure versus what the hell is going on. It doesn't work when it's boys because boys will be boys. We're running around. We're rough, whatever. So there's almost this violent thing you can see with a boy. But with a girl, she's just pure. And you need that to really, to really appreciate just what's happening. Well, yeah, because most not a hundred percent of the time but you know when we were kids most of your girls were they stayed at home and played with their dolls and all of that you know we went on adventures and got into trouble and got in fights and whooped each other's ass and you know played wrestling or whatever the case may be so most of your girls unless they're tomboys didn't necessarily go down that road right mm -hmm. so you know it is what it is yep so another question for you why do you feel the exorcist has been deemed one of if not the most scariest movies of all time it's the 
truthfully, the subject matter is why it's one of the scariest movies. It's not, yeah. it's not super gory. It's not like a gore fest. It's what we're seeing that's so scary. Not blood and guts. It's the idea that you yeah. can take something pure and you can just kind of destroy it or attempt to destroy it. That's why it's scary. It's a child, which we adore our children here. We deify them. So you're taking a child and you're kind of ruining it. And truth be told, it's a pretty white girl. And we love our white girls. They're really going at it there. It's religion. We're going at religion, which we tend to not do in this country. Well, he's not, not as much back then. But we went at all the things that at that time were untouchable. Religion, children, the whole idea of it all. And we and we still very kind of pure and we don't want to talk about these things. So we went at all things we don't want to talk about. That's why it's scary is because what can be. I've seen other movies, you know, slasher films and whatever. Nothing as scary as the maybe three or four really bad scenes in Exorcist. Exorcist is very much story driven and then a few really crazy scenes. Yeah. And that's what's that's why it's so good. It's that, and I think to me the and this is completely off track, but I love Superman as like the original one is the best horror, the best superhero movie to me because it's not just him flying around all the time. It's a story, and then there's a few scenes of superhero ness in it. So to me, the Exorcist is the same thing. The it's original Christopher Reeve, Superman. the original '79 Superman, the one that the everybody Superman. on Bracket Bastards on Saturday was hating on. Yeah, bastards. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. They have no idea. That's. I'm glad I wasn't there because that episode would have ran six hours. I would have ripped each of them personally, a fresh one. But yes, that's the best superhero movie ever because it's not Superman in your face all the time. It's yeah. it's just like choice moments, and the same thing with the Exorcist. It's a lot of story and a little bit of horror, which makes when you see the horror even crazier. Because it's not like they're just slapping you all over the face with it for two mm -hmm. hours long. Or exactly. in Superman's case, they're not slapping you around with him flying all over the place and bending steel beams and everything that Superman does. It's right. very character-driven. Right. And yeah. yeah, you get you know the frantic nature of reagan's mom trying to and what she's going through trying to get the help for her daughter that she wants so that she can have her little girl back right and not knowing especially <clears throat> at the time i would imagine i was that was four years before my time so but you know there probably wasn't a whole lot of knowledge you know out there for anybody to just grab on obviously pre-internet so you can't right. just do a web md search and find out oh my daughter might be possessed with the demon right and even when they bring up that stuff and she's going through the <coughs> testing and whatnot and they're suspecting the brain lesion and all of that and then Finally, after so long of a time, somebody finally brings up the idea of, you know, split personality or potentially she might need to be an exorcism. And it's like everything that she's got, 
having to deal with and all of that, you know, you're dealing with the emotional stuff with, um, <coughs> excuse me, Father Karras and the losing his mom and everything that that brought on. You're dealing with the emotion of everything that Linda Blair is going through as Reagan, you know, it very, very co- character driven. And I personally think it was a, incredibly well done on everybody's part. So it's, oh, it's very well done as much as, as much as it's a really good horror movie. It's a, just a good movie in general. Mm-hmm. These characters are not, are, are very, you know, there's a lot to them. It's not just Linda Blair's characters. And Reagan is not just some little girl heart. She's going through stuff. Yeah. And it's in the relationship with the mom and all this stuff. And she's kind of fighting what's happening, but she's not winning. And the mom, and you can relate with the mom because you see what's happening with a child. And it's like this super <clears throat> rich, this super rich actress. And it's so interesting what rich looks like in 1973. Because yeah. that's just a nice house. It's just a nice house in Georgetown. Like that house is a suburban house right now, a regular house of people. Gonna, but back then, that's a huge <coughs> house. She's got a staff of people there. And you can see her and she's getting really aggravated and she's annoyed. And then they drop in the thing with the fact that the, the child's father is not really there. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't know what's going on and she's not going to tell him. But it turns out that he's just deadbeat dad who doesn't even call her for the birthday. And so you drop that in and she, and then Reagan knows about that because they show her hearing her mom yelling about it on the phone. So you've got that. You've got to her, 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 you know, the mom is this actress, all this money. She should get whatever she wants and Mm -hmm. she still can't figure out what's going on for her child. They mentioned this whole thing with this guy who she's kind of dating and the daughter knows she's dating her. You're going to marry him. And then what happens there? And then you got the, it's all this stuff. And then in there, you just drop in some exorcism. It's like, there's so much going on. It's really, really well done. So I, I love it. Almost the crazy scenes aren't even the most important part. It's because of all the rest of stuff that's happening, which makes those scenes so crazy. Yeah. Because of how well done it is. So... I have one more question before we think about giving our ultimate thoughts on the movie. Mm-hmm. So I heard from a little birdie that you sat down this last weekend and introduced your babies. Well, <laughs> I should probably change the word so that the listeners don't assume that you've got three-year-old children watching The Exorcist. Right. But you introduced your children to this classic movie over the weekend. Yes. So I'm a movie hound. I'm an 80s movie kid and I'm I love horror and all that stuff. So of course you want to, you know, you want to introduce your kids to the stuff that you love. Mm-hmm. And I knew that we were going to be talking about this. So I'm like, I want to watch it. And I told my two, I have three daughters, four kids in total. And I told my two older daughters, listen, I'm going to watch Exorcist. I don't know if you guys want to watch with me. They had each heard of it. So they're like, yeah, I definitely want to watch. So I have a 16 year old daughter who loves horror, who loves like murder and all kinds of stuff like that. So I'm like, yeah, she might be interested in it. I have a 12 year old 
who's kind of getting into horror type of stuff. Mm. So I'm like, all right, all right, you two. I have a seven-year-old daughter who I'm like, no, she can't watch it, obviously. I wait till she fell asleep. And then I'm like, all right, let's watch it. And I think the first, not problem, but I should have known that the first 15, first 15, 20 minutes are just in Iraq. I almost should have just fast forwarded through that just for these kids, but I don't like doing that. I I don't necessarily, it's part of the movie. Right. But I think it's part of the movie that you probably could fast forward through. Mm-hmm. And it won't affect the story too right. horrendously. Right. But yeah, it gets very slow trying to get through that opening scene in the desert with a bunch of people yep. digging for whatever they're digging for relics, artifacts, whatever. But so, yeah. So, not so that going through the scene. Yeah. But I, I don't do that. I'm a movie person. I'm watching a whole movie. And if my mm-hmm. kids are watching a movie, they're going to watch it too. So I let uh, we watch that. But that's 10, 15, 20 minutes into the movie. And kids these days don't have, they can't focus on stuff anyway. Oh, no. So I, I, felt, I felt like I was losing them early. Oh, I was losing them early. So we finally get to Georgetown, finally to the movie, and finally past that where she's walking the streets and the music starts playing. I was starting to lose them already. So... I can say up front that neither one of my daughters made it through the whole movie. I can start with my older daughter who's 16 and what did it for her. She likes horror. Like she, she loves squid game. She loves stuff like that. What the problem she had wasn't, she never made it to seeing Reagan being, you know, possessed. She had a problem with the medical testing. That's the stuff that threw her off. She didn't like seeing that stuff. Yeah, because that can be incredibly traumatic for I pride myself on I've seen so much horror that I can handle just about anything. I will admit I'm not a huge fan of like torture porn. I have seen the entire Saw franchise. Right. But there are aspects of certain deaths in those movies that I don't care how many times I've seen it, I cannot do it. One of them is um, one of the female characters in the movie gets thrown into a pit that's full of hypodermic needles. Yep. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) The whole time I'm like, freaking hurry up and get over. And it it keeps going on and on and on. It's like, Mm -hmm. damn it. But yeah, certain stuff like that obviously is a huge for some... even like there's other stuff that and not trying to cut you off but um Mm -hmm. like when they go to the hospital and um yeah while the caris is going to see his mom in the hospital right that i saw when i was doing the my research for the notes a lot of those patients were legitimate Uh mental hospital patients oh goodness and okay that to see that kind of oh goodness i don't, I don't yeah, that's right by choosing the wrong word but troubled right right 
Yeah, that's reminiscent of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's yeah. that same kind of just, we don't need actors. We've got real life people playing it. So he's walking through that trying to get to his mother. But it, it's that's. And they keep coming yeah, up and stuff. latching on to him, man. Yeah. The nurses are trying to pull him off and he's trying to push him off. And it's like, right. damn, I mean. It's troubling. Do these it people is. even know what the hell is going on around them? That probably they're going to be in a movie and mm -hmm. all of that. I mean, it sucks. It really does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it adds to the complete realism of the story. Right. Yeah, definitely does. That's one of, well, I'll get to, I'll save that for when I do my portion of the review. But right. so, yeah, how did your other daughter handle it? So my 12 year old, she's watching it. She's up. She made it through Iraq. She made it through the beginning, through the beginning in Georgetown. And she made it through the first time the bed was shaking. Eventually, I think she just spent so much energy staying awake, waiting for the stuff to happen that eventually she just couldn't handle it. Like we started watching it late. Yeah. I like watching horror late anyway. I always feel like the darkness adds to it. So it's like oh, 10 no, o'clock when we start. We had just finished doing the Tom Hanks bracket. Exactly. So it was late. Anyway, I know what time yeah. it was here. Right. So right. I know what time it would have been in Florida for you guys. So yep. yeah. you guys are three mm -hmm. hours behind us or ahead yeah. of us. Ahead of us. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So we started yeah. late. Yeah. We watched yeah, it was like 10 30, 11 o'clock. So, and it's a yep. two hour long movie. Yep. She tried. She watched as long, and then eventually she just fell asleep. So she didn't leave. She just didn't make it. So eventually, I'm like, all right, just go to bed. And she just got up and just went to bed. I, of course, finished it. But it's um, my younger daughter could watch it. She could do it. My older daughter had an issue with the hospital, with the testing and stuff. So she wouldn't want to. Maybe she'd watch it afterwards because some of that stuff for a kid. And she hasn't had any testing or anything. So it's not like it's reliving anything, but it's just not something that she's comfortable with. So, and that's fine. So she didn't want to see that. And it's okay. We let that go. Mm -hmm. My 12 year old, just too tired. One meant to be. Um, but they've seen other horror stuff. So this doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like it would really affect them. They've seen gore stuff. They've seen the stuff that comes out now. This is more cinematic while the stuff that comes out now is more just you get the more gore fest type of stuff i'm gonna eventually get them into like nightmare on elm street and halloween and friday the 13th and all that stuff the greatness that was movies in the 80s oh yes oh my decade my time it's all i need and they will love it too come hell or high water they will love the 80s damn right because the 80s is no matter what other members of the podcast world might say, not naming any names. Um, the 80s is the decade to live in. Damn right. Damn right. Grew up in the best decade, best music, best movies, best TV shows, best TV theme song, best one-hit wonders, best everything. Yeah. And I say that as we're talking about a film from 1974. So, you know... <laughs> But at the same time, though, okay, Halloween is a great horror movie. Yep. 78. Mm -hmm. you know, yep, that's true. That's there, true. There was greatness in the 70s. There was greatness in the 60s and the 50s, too. Just oh, like no 
at the same time, there's greatness in the 90s. And, you know, there's even greatness in the 21st century. Yes. So, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So would you like to sum up your complete opinion on the movie and give the movie a rating out of five for us? Okay. And the so um, I remember, so like I said, I was maybe eight or nine, seven or eight when I saw it. So the the reason it has this kind of hold on me is because of the age I was when I first saw it. I saw it young, it scared me young, and it has stuck with me for pretty much, obviously, my whole life. It's the first real horror movie I saw that legitimate, and it's actually maybe one of three actual, two actually movies that actually scared me. Horror movies don't typically scare me, but it's one and there's one other that's actually scared me. I loved seeing this movie. I love it because aside from the horror, it's a good movie. It's a good, the horror doesn't make it. The horror enhances it to me. It's a good film nonetheless. The performances are great. The the score is great. The time is great. Everything about it fits. There's dark overtones about it. Karis is amazing. It's everything about it is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about it most is that you take the stuff that we tried not to really touch. We don't want to deal with kids. We don't want to deal with religion, but we do. And they take it and they just go in the opposite direction with it. And that's why I think I love it. I think that's why it is so amazing to me. Um, in terms of a film, in terms of a movie, it's a four out of five. In terms of a horror film, it's a five out of five. Um, and in terms of its effect, in terms of how it affected just the times, there's very few movies that hit on so many cylinders that this this movie did. To have a movie to come out, and they did it on purpose, to come out after Christmas, to just go at religion, the fact that they were happy to get bad reviews about it. They loved the the Catholic church saying bad things about it. That got more people standing in line in New York city, in the cold, seeing that movie for the fifth time. They knew exactly what the hell this was. Like, we're not here trying to get people to love it. We're getting people to see it. That is all they wanted. They want people to see it. This is a movie that people, the, the stories surrounding this movie are hilarious. People would go, you, I'm sure doing all this research, you saw there's a woman who had a miscarriage scene in the movie, oh, yeah. which I think is absolutely hilarious to me. That's that's crazy. The fact that yeah, people There's fainted. even studies about the psychological effects that movies can have on, you know, it's like, the mind, yeah, and, the mind and all that. And it's like, Okay. Really? I mean, really? I, I, I get it. I mean, I've, I've lived through, I can, personally, I can, I don't remember because I wasn't alive for The Exorcist, but I've, I've done the research and I know a lot of the stuff that gets tagged on with that movie. Mm-hmm. I was an adult and lived through, and people are probably going to laugh at me for saying this, but I remember when, the Blair Witch Project came out. 
I knew you were going to say that. And that's the only other movie that legitimately actually scared me. The two movies that actually put a little jolt in me. And yeah. that's the same thing. They That marketing was brilliant. Absolutely and brilliant. That is exactly why that had that effect on people. Because they spent literally a year before that movie came out. They're publishing books. They're creating fake media stories and all of that that leads you to believe that this actually legitimately happened mm -hmm. and then you're going to the movie theater you're putting your however much money the tickets were back then down you're going into the theater with your popcorn and your soda and watching this movie and you don't know that well depending upon you the, your way of thinking people are going into this movie thinking oh my god this is real and i'm potentially watching these people disappear or die or whatever the case may be you know and then yeah three months later you watch the video music awards and all three of them show up to present an award go figure yep that pissed me off beyond i'm like <laughs> I felt I for appreciated. it. I felt. I appreciated the marketing of that movie. I will say and now. I like, now wow. I will appreciate it. But mm -hmm. in freaking what 1999 when that movie came out, right? I was pissed. I'm mm -hmm. like, I spent all these money on these books. I watched the documentaries, all of this, and I was invested in this. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, three months after the movie comes out, they show up on MTV, and it's like. Mm -hmm. All of it was fake. As great as the movie as Blair Witch Project was, it would be a great TV series. Yes. If we didn't know, it would be great. Like if AE got a hold of it and did like a 12 episode run and did everything they did leading to that end, it'd be amazing. Because what's great, the movie's interesting, but it builds up this anticipation is what's really worked. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with Exorcist. The anticipation, that bite at the end, when you know when you know father dies at the end, and you're like, oh, spoiler alert! By the way, it's from 1973. If you're mad about that, Arnold, to tell you, but when he dies well, at the end, even like I told Amanda earlier, I'm like, if people are tuning in to listen to this episode, and one, they're not horror fans, and two, they haven't seen this movie. Seriously, people, what the fuck? The movie yeah. is almost it'll be 50 years old next year in a year yeah 73 in 2023 that's crazy well only because i realized the fact that i'm going to be 46 in like three months and i know yeah. not to jump the shark but somebody else has a birthday coming up here in approximately two weeks from today 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 is just short, eleven days from today. Okay, one time. I was close. You were close. You damn sure were I, close. It's I researched be... my guest before I let him come on my podcast. <laughs> well done. That's crazy. Yeah, fifty years old. Either way, everything about this movie was done right. The anticipation, yes. the build. I I pick up something. I really feel like. Every time I watch it, I pick up something different every time. The whole idea of how cold it was in that room all the time. The window was always open. It was always just brick in there. I love that 
that whole thing and always covering her and she's and she's pale and then you could see the help me coming through her you know through her really thin frame and all this stuff and she's like mother mother it's just she's so pure and yet so but then her turn is so violent it's so it's so brilliant it's and i just this last thing i think i was just watching it and just really caught on to the fact and i don't know if i'm reading into it too much but obviously the guy that the mom was seeing who died yeah essentially the same thing happened to him that happened to karis did he throw himself like how does he die I I don't think I ever really put two and two together on that one. I feel like that's what it is. They never really said what it was. They said he fell down the stairs and he broke his neck. And remember, they said they couldn't understand how his how his head was completely spun around. Because it was like a one in a thousand chance that exactly. that exact break would have happened. Exactly. That couldn't happen. So how does she... It's in essence... Is that was that character trying to get away and fell down the stairs in this in this attempt to get away from this demon? Like it's so every time I watch it, I yeah. pick up something a little bit different. Last time I'm like, oh, that dad's a son of a bitch. That that dude is in Europe and all this shit is happening. Get your ass on a plane. Um, the doctors are absolute idiots. They're trying to figure out what's going on and then yeah. randomly just, oh, you know what? Since we can't figure it out, why don't you try an exorcist? It's so hilarious how that was just kind of thrown out there. Well, yeah, because I, even in today's society, I don't think that there's a medical professional out there, even with what we know about mental health now, right. that is ever going to prescribe an exorcism to deal with mental health issues hey, hell no hell no <coughs> against science yeah you're not doing that i think it's it's almost it's i don't know it, they're almost making fun and i don't and i don't think that's what the plan was no but if you look at it now they're almost making fun of the medical community they're like we don't know what this is we can't figure out what the problem is hey you know what here go talk to this witch doctor you never know. Maybe they can figure something out. We've done everything we can. And it's she's the mom's in this room with like 40 something doctors. It's like you people paying all this money for all you doctors and none of you can figure what's going on. And instead of saying, you know, I what? would be that parent too. I'm losing my fucking mind. That Definitely. amount of freaking medical mm-hmm. knowledge all in one place. And you can't figure out what's wrong with my child. We're going to fight. Yeah. All these tests, invasive painful stuff that they're putting this girl through and it's an exorcist it's a demon like she didn't need to be in the hospital she didn't need all these needles like they do these what this spinal taps and all this horrible stuff they do to this girl oh it's oh it's so yeah. crazy i yeah. the closest thing to anything like that that i've ever had done was like an mri with contrast mm. and even that was too much for me I mean, right. shoot the freaking die in my freaking shoulder and all of a sudden you feel the burn going all the way down your body. Oh, and it, I'm not trying to get graphic, but... No, no. The closest thing I've been to that is obviously I have kids and my wife, they gave her the shot in the back. I had, And they don't let dads do this anymore, but I was holding my wife up when they gave her the shot and it's a big-ass needle. And I'm holding her 
while they shot her. And, and I'm like, wow, that's a big fucking needle. Yeah. And no. they you and they don't let dad stay for that stuff because a lot of them will faint at the sight of that. And I got a pretty tough, you know, I'm pretty strong with that stuff. I held her. Woo. And they shot her up for that. That's as far as I got. And I wasn't even experiencing it. I was watching somebody else experience it. That was enough for me. Yeah, the so, real life stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like we said with the needles and the saw movies, and mm-hmm. I've been in like labor and delivery with a couple of ex girlfriends before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, that is an experience, and that's not even my child. Right. So, <laughs> just experience that in every in all of its glory. Oh, that's terrible. That to mean what you want. Because you'd probably be yeah. right. But yes, it's definitely an experience that, yeah. Oh, my God. Both to see that and not, not have a child to hold is not cool. I don't want to see that needle and then just go home. Like, I should be I should be leaving. I don't get some parting gifts or something for seeing that? Yeah. That's ridiculous. No. So, yeah. So, all right. So, my thoughts really quick. And I, I'm 100% on board with everything that you said. Um, I love the gritty, realistic. It's a well, well done story from start. To, I mean, like we said earlier, it's not just something where they, you know, smack you across the face for two hours with horror, 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 horror. They build this story for, you know, you're almost halfway into the movie before the really, really bad stuff with Reagan starts happening. Right. So, and I'm probably going to get people that are going to freaking slap me in the face with this one because that was one of my biggest complaints with a certain new horror movie that came out less than a week ago. But we won't go down that road because I'm not posting spoilers and that's not even a week old yet. And I don't want to ruin it if people haven't already seen it. So, (laughs) but... um, no, it's a great movie. It's well acted. Everybody from top to bottom did a great job in this movie. Um, like I said, the story is amazing. The makeup effects for like Max von Sydow with the making a 44-year-old man look like he's 64, 74 years old. How I mean, dude looked freaking ancient as hell. So I, 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 yeah, I would probably, as an overall movie, probably give it a four out of five as well, like you. And then as a horror movie, it's definitely a five out of five. <coughs> this movie, I feel like without this movie, you wouldn't necessarily, and it might not be a fair claim to make but with this move without this movie maybe you don't get paranormal activity and some of the other movies that a lot of the younger generation are going to be familiar with that are kind of in that same demon possession genre (coughs) so so yeah four out of five Overall, five out of five horror for me. So, so yes, 
that is our love and obsession with The Exorcist. A great movie. If you guys... Okay, I do remember there was one other point I wanted to make before we go into the wrap-up. So, and this is where my statement about uh, 1973 and the spoilers come into effect. If you are a horror fan and 49 years worth of being a horror fan have not seen this movie and you're listening to this podcast seriously you should have paused a long time ago and gone and checked this movie out but if you're weird like that and want to listen to the podcast first and watch the movie second thank you thank you thank you we appreciate all your listens but i feel if you are a horror fan and have not seen this movie at least one time I don't think it's fair to officially call yourself a full-on horror fan. If you are a horror fan, you need to see this movie. It is that great of a movie. Yeah, it's not necessarily what you would come to expect from a Nightmare on Elm Street or Nightmare or Halloween or Friday the 13th or whatever. You're not going to get a fast-paced opening credits kill 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 killer gets killed come back in a year and see the next movie but if you stop and look at the movie and appreciate every aspect of what they're trying to give you the story development the character development then they slap you in the face with a little bit more with a little bit of horror then they give you a little bit more character and then they slap you in the face with some more horror. It's a great movie from start to finish. I highly recommend you guys check this movie out if you haven't already. Seriously, I'm confused by why you would listen to the freaking podcast first, but it is what it is. And we love our dozens, and that's how it's going to be. So, agreed. So, Harvey. As we said, you have some podcast magic that you have out in the universe. Remind our listeners where they can find you and what you got going on. All righty. Um, one, obviously, thanks for letting me talk about one of my favorite horror movies. This Absolutely. Was fun. Um, you can find me talking about love on the Love is Black podcast with my wife. Drops every Thursday. Season four is in full effect. You can hear me talking about men loving themselves and expressing themselves on Men of the Prize, the podcast. That drops every Saturday. That's in full effect. Full effect. You can hear me talking about everything else on Bracket Bastards, and that drops every Sunday. And we're just talking about randomness with a bunch of random people being bastards, talking about our favorite movies. Your boy here, Casey, has been on there. He's a full-fledged bastard. Fun times ensue. I'm not going to lie, and it might not be the most ethical thing in the world to do, but I'm going to steal a quote from Freddie. It's okay to be a bastard. Just don't be a dick. Damn right. That's our thing. So I'll talk about relationships. I'll talk about men's relationship with themselves, and I'll talk about my relationship with media. And that's where I am. So this was fun. 
and we'll be doing this again soon. Yes, we will very soon because I do have some stuff coming up on an evening at the movies where we are still smack dab in the middle of the director's cut for Halloween Horror Fest going all the way up until December. And then we will be following that up with a new idea that came up yesterday. For the month of December, we will be doing Everything Eddie. Nice. To the amazing comedic actor that is Edward Murphy. And again, officially announcing that the great Havandre will be a part of an episode, at least one episode in December as Mm -hmm. he has laid claim to wanting to discuss the amazing movie Boomerang. Damn, I love Love that that movie. So many reasons. So many reasons. If nothing else, they got Halle Berry just walking around. But that's... But there's so much more to love. Yeah, about I'm that. not gonna lie. Halle Berry can walk around and read the phone book, and I will sit there and listen all day long. I will pay for that too, comfortably. Yes. <laughs> Hall pass, one of the mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. But Ooh. technically, I don't need a hall pass because I am single as hell, and it is what it is. So, so. you do what you do. There's exactly. No this what's up. So we also have um, as well. Um, we're trying to work out the logistics for it, but hopefully we're going to get uh, Mr. DeAndre Robinson on in the next few weeks, and he will get to discuss his love of the movie Get Out, as well as come back again and discuss even further his love of Get Out. And we will also present Harvey the chance to come back and present his love of The Exorcist again as we go Harvey versus Dre, new school versus old school. Oh, yeah. And Amanda's going to have to sit through that one because she gets to pick the winner of the debate. So Works for me. I am interested to see how that one's going to go. I know how much Dre loves Get Out. Which is a good movie. It is. And I know how much, especially now after sitting here for the last little over an hour recording Mm -hmm. and talking to Harvey, how much he loves The Exorcist. And I know how stubborn both of these men can be. So. We're going to have some fun and then we'll hug it out when it's done. I am going to let Amanda judge this, and I am going to sit back with a nice big bowl of popcorn. Nice. Nice. And enjoy the chaos that ensues. Ah, uh, yeah. So, oh, my goodness. I got to find the proper attire for that debate. I'm searching as we speak. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. This was great, man. I loved it. I'm Hold happy. on. So you doing horror month hold on I, so you're talking horror movies are you are you talking are you doing um hitchcock at all is anybody anybody talking like psycho or we haven't brought up hitchcock yet it is something that definitely needs to come up 
because there is some absolutely amazing Hitchcock horror movies. Damn right. And Damn if right. you want to discuss Hitchcock, I could probably even get Queenie to come back with us and discuss that too, because I know she loves some Hitchcock as well. Hey, if we can fit that in, the schedule will pick up as we get through the holidays and such. But I'll be happy to talk about. I would I would talk Psycho. I would um, North by Northwest is not one of those. Dial M for Murder, The Birds, maybe. There's some good stuff. The Birds. Some- oh. That movie messed me up when I was a kid. Ooh. Saw that. Mm-hmm. You can't. Well, you can. You can run indoors and to get away from the birds, but eventually you got to go outside. Yep. And there's no getting away from a freaking thousand birds in the sky that are freaking dive bombing your ass. So, no, yes, a great movie. So okay. we have plenty of horror coming up over the next six weeks until we get to December. And as well, we're always open to other ideas as well. If the listeners want a certain movie to be done and talked about, we are podcasters. We have nothing else to do. We will talk about it and we will love it because we love movies. We are cool. And that's just how it's going to be. Yes, so sir. on that note, thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Harvey, for coming on. You are welcome back anytime you want. It was an thank amazing you. episode. I had a lot of fun and I hope the listeners enjoy it as well. And on that note, I am going to dip out the door by wishing everybody a pleasant evening, and we hope you guys come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good night, guys. Begin laser ignition sequence. Begin laser ignition! Attention, moon unit Zappa firing station. Initiation sequence in progress. Okay, all right. All I asked for was a freaking rotating chair, okay? Well, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Getting a little afraid. I need an old priest and a young priest. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Whoa, hello. Okay. Sick as a dog now. Okay. Okay. Gonna vom. Um...